Hello and welcome to the Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman. I'm your host and I am excited once again to be joined by my partner in crime, the Fulham Flyer, the Shawanga Express, the Don Draper of Ultra Running, the Mark Hammond to my Mark Hamill. Phil Vondra is back in the Pain Cave. Phil? It is good to be back. Good to be down here on a Sunday afternoon, drinking a beer, talking about the ultra running world. It's super exciting. Excellent to be down here in the nice cool cave when oh, it's uh, the, the beast coast humidity is in full effect outside. Yeah. And uh, it's the last, uh, last week or so we've finally gotten into those famous east coast disgusting summer weather and only three more months to go, so should be yeah. good. Three, maybe four. Phil, before we get started here tonight, what are we drinking right now? So I was uh, just up in Burlington, Vermont, and uh, I popped into Foam Brewers and picked up a few beers, and one of those is an IPA called Pavement. So I've never had it before, Okay, but I've heard good stuff about it, so let's uh, give it a crack, right? Cool looking can. All right. Is Foam right downtown? It's right on the water. Ooh. Um, I mean, you know that railway line that kind of runs right on the water? Yeah, It's yeah. kind of right down by that where nice. the kind of boats come in and stuff. So. Okay, okay. Yeah, let's do it. Yep. Yeah. All right. How is Burlington? Really nice. Cool town. Vermont was lovely. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's a really fun town. Great beer town, great beer state, obviously. We have some, you brought me some, uh, some heady and I think a focal banger for later, so. Yeah, hard to beat. Yeah, it's lovely. Indeed. That Lake Champlain is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and I know. I mean, they, you were up not you were up during uh, VCM weekend, although you didn't run the marathon. Yeah, but they had I saw some, them setting up some but, uh, nasty weather. Cheers, man. Cheers. All right. Ooh, delicious. Oh, oh that god, really that's good. really good. Wow, that's excellent. That's, I mean, I can tell that it's an IPA, kind of, but that's yeah, that's a nice, really right? light. That's oh. All right, we're going to be in trouble because that could go down really quickly. Yeah, excellent. Sounds uh, good. All right, well, before we really get into it, uh, congratulations on your race yesterday. You were up yeah. in my adopted hometown of Ithaca, New York for the U.S. Trail 50-mile championships at Cayuga Trails. Uh, tell us a little bit about how it went. Um, I mean, I had a pretty good start. I was I was cruising along pretty nicely, and uh, and then the day just got hot. You know, it was kind of 82, 83 degrees, got a little little muggy, a little hot, a little dehydrated, got, uh, you know, slowed down a bit, but, uh, you know, basically sucked it up, had a good but hard day, 15th overall. Uh, so, you know, pretty pretty happy with it. Can't, uh, can't really complain. Yeah, not bad given the conditions, certainly. Um, and that course has gotten longer and harder over the yeah, years. It's, Thank you. it's a hard course. It really is. Yeah. It's a great race. I yeah. mean, it's really, really good. Let's, why don't we start there and maybe work our way backwards or, or we can jump backwards, but we might as well go over that yeah, because sure. we are, we are, it's been uh, probably six weeks since we were here last and it was a slow couple weeks in there, but there's been a few yep. things going on and, and Cayuga is as good a place to start as any. The, I want to say fifth or sixth consecutive year as the U.S. Trail 50 Mile Championships, although according to Ian, that may not be the case next year, I guess. Right. And uh, it's, it's, you know, generally has been one of the top 50-mile trail races in the country. I mean, you think, you know, in terms of field strength and certainly in terms of the course is, is just yeah. fantastic. You know, you'd put Sonoma at he- ahead of it um, um, as in terms of 50-mile trail races. You'd put probably White River. You'd probably put um, North Face, obviously, uh, the championships. Beyond that, I, I don't know that you could name another 50-mile trail yeah, race that, that consistently draws a, a bigger field or, yeah. or you know, 
and it's, uh, you know more prize money or or, or better yeah. uh, race organization. So yeah. it's definitely well organized. It's a tough race and it's a beautiful course. I mean, absolutely stunning. You know, yeah. I mean, the gorges up there, the waterfalls. I mean, it's it's a really really nice place to have yeah. a fifty miler. And it's a tricky one. I mean, I think we talked about it last year after Cayuga. It's it's it probably shouldn't be as slow as it is, but it's slow because it is it's all runnable. Yeah. Uh, but it's but it's tough. It's There's tough nothing that's really flat, you know. But the trails right. aren't super technical, but they're not easy trails either. I mean, it no. has just a you know a bit of everything on it, really. Yeah, yeah, and of course the stairs. I mean, you're yeah. going up and down those gorges yeah. four times, five or eight times, I guess. So it's uh, just thousands and thousands of stairs. Yeah, yeah, and and this year, you know, and and it's had some really deep fields, some really strong fields, some really big names. I mean, Sage was the original course record holder there. Uh, Tyler Siegel now holds the course record yep. by a few minutes, and 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 the list of people who have run under seven hours there is small but distinguished. Uh, yep. Matt Flaherty, um, Jordan McDougall, uh, Dylan Bowman, I think was just over seven hours when he was out there one time. Jared Burdick, I believe, has been under seven hours, and I, I mean these are some of the top guys in the sport that have run this race yeah. uh, this year. Not quite as deep, but still a, a solid field. Um, it, what I found interesting was a lot of the kind of perennial favorites, Northeast favorites, like Ben Nephew, like Brian Rizicki, who uh, are frequently there, weren't there this year, and I'm not sure yeah, why that was. They didn't. they didn't show. I'm not sure what the reason for that was. I think that Brian was on the start list, but didn't show. Ben was not on the start list. Um, I don't really know what happened there. But uh, still, the, the, top, the top people there were, you know, very, very good quality. So it still, it still had a good field, very good field. Yeah, yeah. And a Dave Roche client, you said, won the the yeah. national title. Drew Drew Holman, seven oh seven, was uh, looked really good. I saw him obviously a few times out in the course. Was was cruising really nicely. Uh, Cole Crosby in second, and Liam Cregan in third. Yeah, Cole and Liam both uh, Mountain Peak Fitness athletes. Yep. Um, so really good. And Cole has been top five there a couple times. A good yeah. showing for him. He's been running really well. He had a really good race early this year at. At uh, Comset, rather, uh, yep. I think in the low three hour, 303, I want to say, and then was also on the podium at uh, Mad City in the 100K Nationals there. Yeah. So it's been a good early season for him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, on the women's side, uh, Justina Wilson won 852. Uh, Kristen Doneski was in second place, and uh, Eliza LaPierre in third. And Eliza's in so, the middle of her buildup, obviously, for Western States. Yeah. Be interesting to see her there. Yeah. And that's a good result. And uh, Justina yeah. Wilson's a, a very solid runner as well. Yeah, yeah, so. very solid. I ran with her for a while. Super, super smooth. Really setting a good pace. Um, yeah, she had a good day. Good, uh, good win for her. What were the? What was Eliza's time? Do you know? Was she in front um, of you? She was in front of me. I think she was like nine oh seven. Pretty good. Nine oh five. I think something like that. Yeah, that's not bad. I, and and those, yeah. those. I mean, the times. For for Drew running seven oh seven on that day with the weather, yeah, and on the longer course. I mean, yeah. I, I assume you had the the new loop at the top of the first climb. Uh, yes, that, yeah. that so you had that, that little extra loop. So that little yeah. extra loop, I mean, it adds up. I mean, yeah. I think last year was the first year that they had that in there, and it kind of yeah. most people had about fifty two miles on there. Right. Um, yeah. GPS for for last year. I, I presume it would be similar this year. So yeah. a seven oh seven on a warm, humid day with yeah. the new loop. That's a that's really a pretty good, good time. That's yeah. probably worth a sub seven on a on a previous year. 
Yep, I think so. Yeah, it's, um, and the course generally was in decent condition. You know, there's that mud pit. You know, you go through the sort of forest, and there's it's just always muddy there. It yeah. just gets worse. By the little stream at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that right. was. And then, that like, was in, the fourth time through, you're oh, just like, yeah. God damn I mean, it. that was in full effect. Uh, <laughs> pretty amazing. I almost slipped and face planted in. That would have been kind of embarrassing. But, uh, yeah, we kind of missed out on the way back. Ian put a slightly different return oh, okay. route in, had a little bit of road on it, but it missed that, which was a great move no, because. Good you know, running over that too many times. I mean, it was bad the second time over it. Right. So, you know, if it had been over it four times and having to pass people over it, it would have been, you know, absolute nightmare on it. So right, right. totally the right call. Good, good. Did you, you came right home last night, right? You didn't stay. Came home last night, got home at like 11.15. Did you get any hot truck? Did you get any pure ice cream? I didn't. I oh, thought about hot truck. I went to Joe's. Had you went to Joe's? Oh, good. Of course, nice. yeah. You Very know, good. you've taught me well. You've trained me well. <laughs> I did think about going to uh, Hot Truck, but I was like, I was I was too tired. Yeah. I needed yeah. to get back. Yeah, it was a long day. Yeah. The big news from this past weekend, or this weekend that is still going on, would have to be the return of Killian back in form at what he says is one of his favorite races in the world. Oh, yeah. It's the Gama Trail. Yeah. And uh, back on the, on the podium again. Back on the podium, 352. That's his fifth win there. God damn it. Um, yeah, I mean, he's running up there, high-fiving people, kissing babies. I mean, he's doing it. He's just doing it right. I mean, when it comes to running hard uphill, that guy that guy just does it right. <laughs> so let's, let's talk a little bit about what's going to happen or spin it forward a little bit towards the summer. When he released his, uh, because I want to talk a little bit about Hard Rock, which will surprise most of our listeners that i even want to mention it but when he released his race schedule for the summer hard rock was not on there although he is on the entrance list um he has withdrawn from hard rock so he's out he's out yeah that's a blow to what was going to be probably the race of the summer at least up front with killian with xavier with francois and dylan and jeff and whoever else was going to be there yeah it's going to be huge i mean that was going to be uh, you know a real real big hard rock with that kind of quality and with the snow on the course i mean killian probably take his skis you know what i mean <laughs> well right crushed. so that that's the question i have now is 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 this race going to happen so as we pod right now it is june 2nd which yep. is right around the time that the organizers, I guess, and you're much more up on this than I am, said that they were going to have to make a decision sometime coming up soon regarding whether or not the course was even going to allow this race to happen this year because of snowpack and I guess mostly because of avalanche danger. Yeah, bo- both of those things actually, but they're, they're a little uncertain of what damage has been caused to trails because of avalanches and uh, also obviously the the snowpack there as well um i checked today on the red mountain pass snowtail site and their kind of reference point is 23 inches of snow there mm-hmm. uh, and when i checked about an hour ago they were just under 33 inches of snow um God. And, and that's the, not much different than it was a few weeks ago. I mean, they have not no, really it's had been a melt. reducing quite slowly. Temperatures have got better. I think the high uh, yesterday was somewhere in the 60s, but the low is some is like 25 at night, so yeah, it's so still it's refreezing. Whatever at night. melts is refreezing. Yeah, that's the so it's it's kind of hard. But I mean, there is a chance. And look, I mean, let's hope they can reroute this thing and and figure out some kind of route. I mean, I'm sure they have some kind of contingency within reason. Right. But obviously, if there's too much damage to the trails, it's gonna be it might be hard for them to do it. But you know, I really hope there's uh, some race goes on there. Yeah, because if it doesn't, then the, and and again, I'm sure they've thought this through and have some sort of contingency, but the question of what's going to happen next year and in future years with the lottery is, is really becomes paramount. I don't, 
I don't know what the, the plan is if they have to go through a cancellation. I mean, a cancellation for Western states is what killed the three-time loser system and, and yeah. brought the lottery on. Yeah. And, and a cancellation for states now would be, you know, catastrophic for a lot of people. And I'm not sure how they would do it in terms of, you know, if they don't hold another lottery next year what happens to all the people that have qualified again do they get credit for that year how does this work and it's it's going yeah. to get really and if i mean if you can just imagine so let's say they did that and i mean right now you need probably 6 to 8 years in hard rock to have a real shot yeah if they don't have a lottery next year even if they double your tickets again that number might go to 8 to 10 years i mean it's yeah. it's going to be i mean you're going to start seeing people who have 6 7 years not getting into these races which yep. is terrifying <laughs> yeah yeah I, i'm not sure what they'll do i mean it's, it's a real hard situation i mean just fingers crossed you know that they do have a race this year and we we don't have to even consider that i'm, I'm sure that there's something that could be run that's going to be you know of, of uh you know the same quality sure based off much of the same course and uh you know hopefully it's it's something they don't have to worry about but uh, but but then you're going to get all the people are going to i mean people will feel I think a little bit cheated, you know, who have, who've waited to get into the race for so long that if they don't get to do the the real course or the whole thing, you know, and you feel for them, but you know, the important thing is get your finish obviously. And that puts you in a different bucket for the lottery. And and that's obviously a huge deal. So, and then more than likely you will get to run the Uh, the race, right? uh, Right. You know, on a a later correct course, if you like, uh, Dylan looks like maybe getting back on track. He looks like he's back. I mean, he looks like he's running well. I mean, I mean, following him on Strava, see what he's up to and he's out there. I mean, what a what a great recovery. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't know a lot about these injuries, but it looked pretty bad to me. And, yeah. And uh, he's out there running again. I mean, he's... Well, it was amazing. distal fibula, which is not a weight-bearing bone. And so, you know, generally tends to heal pretty quickly without a ton of complications. And I think his was minimally displaced at best. So he did get, right. you know, for a broken ankle, quote-unquote, he did get a little bit lucky. But, yeah, I mean, it seems like he was fairly digilant, digilant, diligent in his you know, uh, rehab or recovery, whatever it was. And he's getting back to it. I, I, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be in, you know, a hundred percent form, but, uh, you know, Debo at 90% is, is going to be yeah. something to, to reckon with. And it's still sure. what, seven weeks away, six, six, seven weeks, six, seven weeks. Sounds yeah. about right. So if he's out there training, I mean, you can get a good block of training. He's, he's in. not somebody who needs a huge buildup either. Yeah. I um, think that's his style, right? right. It's not I, a big buildup. You right. know, he has like Normally a, it would be a six week buildup for him anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, even if he's shortened to a four week buildup in a taper, you yeah. know, he might be, he might be ready to go. So yep. good luck to, to Dylan. And hopefully we get to see it happen. I mean, great. even without Killian, it'll still be much more competitive oh, yeah. in terms of a starting field than we've seen in quite some time there. Yep. So I may actually have to uh, shut up about hard rock for the next year or so. All right. Everyone would like that. Uh, <laughs> probably, probably. Let's talk a little bit about some other news and, and happenings and events that have happened since the last time we talked. We, we spoke last time about the end of the golden ticket season this year. Uh, we saw, I think we had, we had talked about Sonoma and um, uh, Canyons and, and all that stuff, kind of the, the big early season West Coast races. And it was a little bit quiet in there for a little while, uh, but we've had some news in the past few weeks. Most kind of uh, notoriously was the Hoka One One Project X Carbon Carbon project, X carbon project, X, whatever yeah. the hell it was called. Uh, this was, you know, I, I really don't understand why they did not hype this up before the yeah, 72 hours before. Secret, right? it, because this, I mean, this was a big deal in our, you know, 
admittedly very niche little sport, uh, this was a big deal, and it could have been an even bigger deal, I think, if we had had more than just a couple days to really get amped about it. But we got amped. I was super yeah. amped. And I was that actually was cool. racing that day and was a little bit disappointed that I didn't get to follow along right. until the last couple hours. Yeah, they were disappointed I didn't follow you. So I'm sure know. they were, yes. Uh, but it was, I got to say, it was really exciting. Uh, so for I'm sure most people who are listening know what exactly happened, but to celebrate the release of their new kind of road racing shoe, the the Carbon X, Hoka put on a basically paced record attempt on the American River Trail out in Sacramento, uh, which is basically, I, I guess, like mostly a paved bike loop and or bike path. And they had some loops built in there. And, you know, they basically brought in a who's who of top ultra runners, you know, particularly people who have had some success on the roads and they had some really top flight pacers. I mean, Sage was there yeah. pacing. I think uh, Jared Hazen might have been pacing. Tim Frerichs might have been pacing. And then they said, we're setting up a record attempt for 50 miles and or 100K. And uh, let's have some folks take a crack at it. And they really did. Yeah. I mean, um, it looked like it was uh, pretty well organized over there. I mean, there was like some good viewing areas. And they had like a, a cart, like a golf cart or some kind of truck following the uh following the runners mm-hmm. and i think they had uh, eric sensen was kind of commentating mm-hmm. a few others i mean definitely sounded kind of fun yeah you put tony revis on the call i mean it was like a little boston yeah. marathon mini mini show what did you think i mean first of all I, this is i mean not specifically this but i wanted to see some fast guys take a crack at the 50 mile world record i've been talking about that for a little while and that record had stood for almost 40 years yeah uh, bruce fordyce the great champion from South Africa, multi-time uh, Comrades Marathon winner, running a 450, and that had stood since, I think, 1980 or 81. And that was the one I wanted to see go down, and I, Jim was one of the guys I wanted to see take a shot at it, and he did it. He did it by a little under a minute, yeah. and uh, for some reason had to finish out the 100K for it to count. I didn't quite understand that. I'm not sure what that was. I don't know what the story was, but, I mean, he, he finished it out and, uh, you know, broke the record, but, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a long-standing record. Yeah, yeah, uh, one of the oldest ones on the books, and that yep. was it. Was very, very cool to see that happen. What did you think? What do you think of this as like this style of event? This kind of publicity, you know, built around a marketing campaign, you know, just blatant, making no no bones about we're we're going for records, and that's what you know, it, you know, is is kind of modeled after the the Breaking 2 project that yeah. Nike had put on for the re- release of the uh, 4% Vaporfly. I liked it. I, 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 thought, I thought it was, it was really fun. cool. I mean, you know, if I was on the West Coast, I would have gone to watch it. Yeah, hell yeah. You know, I think that would have been a really fun day to hang out, little run in the morning, get a bunch of you together, drive over there or whatever and watch it and hang out. Right. It would be, be a lot of fun. I mean, I, I understand, you know, people who kind of thumb their noses a little bit at it and say, ah, this really isn't what the sport is about, you know, and, and this is all a big marketing ploy and, and everything else. But, you know, the, the the shoe companies are in large part what drives the finances of the sport. Yeah, totally. You know, Hoka has, I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who would argue that the influx of Hoka into the ultra running world has been a net positive. I mean, they've brought publicity they've brought yeah. uh, technology advancements they brought Great new people shoes. into the sport I mean, yeah. um not that this is a you know hoka sponsored program or anything like that i don't even love the shoes all that much but but what i'm saying i mean i, I understand how it can kind of make people a little bit uncomfortable but on the whole i just think it's it's cool it's cool and i loved it yeah i, I mean we don't get we don't get the opportunity to see this kind of thing very often and yeah. and, I, and i like this i i was not into the nike 
thing because right away they set it up saying this is not going to be record eligible. And Yeah, a little weird, right? For, I mean, for me, yeah. that just defeats the whole purpose. Yeah. Like, do it, I mean, you know, I, I, I was not as enamored of it for that reason. Right. Like, just set it up as a record thing. I mean, I understand you want to see if somebody can do it, but yes, somebody can do it eventually under ideal conditions. Yep. I mean, whether it's Kipchoge or somebody else, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, it lost a lot of its import for me by car pacing and everything else. Yeah, and, and I mean, that was this was, you know, while not a natural race by any stretch of the imagination and an artificial construct, it was still very cool. And, yeah. you know, Jim is the new 50-mile world record holder, or at Absolutely. least or the world best holder, I guess. Yep. It's not technically a record, but... I thought it was very, very cool. Is Jim the greatest non Giannis chorus ultramarathoner of all time? Can we now say this? Ooh, that's uh I mean maybe. This is a and this is a question for Paul Kentner. We're gonna have to have uh him on and, and answer this question because I, I don't know if that's you know, if I can say that. But. Still early in his career, I think. There's so Hopefully. much more to come from him. I, I mean hope. I really think he's he's branching out, he's trying all kinds of stuff, you know, he's not afraid to, you know, put it on the line. I think there's a lot more to come from him. Uh, and where he is right now, he's, you know, a strong contender. I mean, you know, he's he's throwing some big results down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I wished a fifty I wished that into existence. I'm gonna put it out there right now. Jim, go win comrades next year. Yeah. That's my next wish for you. That would be great. I mean, you know, win win Leadville, win states, whatever, but yeah, go to go to comrades next year. Let's you didn't see get what into Leadville there. though, right? You didn't get picked in the lottery. We t- I had talked about that with uh, <laughs> Sherpa John a couple. Of the- I don't. I don't look. I-, I have my own prejudices for and against Leadville, and and I can't probably speak too badly of them. Uh, I do love the race, and and I you know work uh, coaching a little bit for Lifetime now, and and um you know whatever. But the the whole thing with the Leadville lottery and and that that made no sense to me. I, I, yeah. I don't understand why they don't clean up this process with the the entries. This is a whole nother this is a whole nother episode that we don't have to get into yeah. now. But but lifetime clean up clean up the Leadville entries. Make make it more yeah. transparent. Make it less transparent. Do something. But you know the way you're doing it now isn't working. Okay, so that was uh, the Project Carbon X. Uh, I, I think both thumbs up from from both of us. Definitely. What else has been going on? Loved it. Uh, North Face Fifty Minor New York. Yeah, uh, Eliza Lapierre winning there. Yep. And uh, Patrick Caron winning the men's 50. Yeah, and a solid um, time. So, I yeah. mean, just about seven hours on that course, which is not uh, not easy to do. Yeah. You know. I, tough course as well. Tough course, tough course. And, I mean, they had a pretty ideal day. That was the same day that yep. we ran out here. And, and yeah. uh, that, was, that was about as ideal as it comes for, in terms of the weather for, for that event. But, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see Patrick start mixing it up with some of the bigger names. I mean, right. he's, he's, you know, young got and fast and, and yeah. he's got some talent. But, uh, you know, he, he has stuck kind of, I don't want to say exclusively, but, you know, predominantly to the Northeast. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, yeah. he's going to have to branch out if he really wants to see what he can do against right. some of these bigger guys. And Eliza, yeah, Eliza continuing her strong season. Good. And, and I think it, it does seem like she's kind of pointed towards Western states and defending that top 10 spot. So it'll be good to see her there. I think we need to mention a big 50 miler in uh, a local 50 miler here, Rock the Ridge, right? Do I we? do not think so, no. Don't you don't remember that one? The big <laughs> I, win? I recall. I don't, we don't need to talk about <laughs> Jay it. Jay Friedman fine. taking the win there. Yeah, yeah, Congrats, yeah. man. Yeah, Let's do a little you. cheers on All that. All right. Thank you. Thank you. That was yes. pretty, pretty solid work. That was, was a good day. Thank you. Mm. That was a fun day. Um, and uh, had a, a 
you know, it didn't go in feeling awesome, but yeah, uh, yeah had a good day. And we, like I said, we had really good weather and it's nice to get a win in the hometown race. And, it's awesome. Uh, Eitan Lavavi from uh, across the river came and tried to defend his title. And, and yeah. really, we had a, a really good, really good chase towards yeah. the end. It was, close, it was a good battle. Pretty much all the way, right? I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize good. how close it was until right. the end. And, uh, but, and our splits, if you look at the splits, for like we have 15 mile segments in there where our splits are off by literally one second or wow. two seconds it's it's uh we were apparently just <laughs> running just a couple minutes apart the whole That's time good so, stuff man yeah, but uh yeah no thank you it was it was definitely good to to get a win in that one cool old dominion was this weekend uh one of the old classics yep and we saw a couple of newly minted members of the u.s men's national team right duel it there uh olivier leblanc continuing his strong season with a win there second hundred mile win i believe of the year after he won at umstead earlier this he year did win umstead yeah and then correct. uh rich rypel was in second place second place let's yeah. talk a little about those 24-hour teams i think i have them yeah pulled i up don't here. have them up here but uh you're, you're my 24-hour guy yeah the, just the, just the like you're my hard rock guy yep so dawn to dusk dawn to dusk to dawn outside of philadelphia which was just about three weeks ago was kind of the last t- big 24-hour race it's a track race for anyone who wanted to try to get onto the team within the qualifying window. I think the qualifying window closed, I think, just a week after that. Yeah. Uh, for the World Championships in France in October. And they did not have ideal conditions. They had uh, 12 some, hours of cold rain. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, exactly. Hard. It looked like it rained most of the evening and into the night, and it, it was going to be tough. And look, that team has gotten really competitive to yeah. make. I mean, we we... I want to say it was just two cycles ago that the minimum to qualify for the men's team was 130 miles or maybe 135. Right. The minimum now is 145, just to, that's right. the bare minimum. And, and you, you, you basically need 154, 155 yeah. to make right. the men's team. And a similar story on the women's side. I mean, yeah. that thing has gotten really, really tough to make. So yeah. we had, you know, some, some fantastic performances in Desert Solstice in December you know, behind the the amazing world record from Camille Heron, obviously. Uh, And she had the overall win there. But Jake Jackson, and I think just his second 24-hour, put up uh, 157 miles. You had a crazy battle between Nick Corey and Greg Armstrong for third place, which came down basically the last lap. And Greg held off Nick by, I want to say, about 200 meters and Bob Hearn wound up uh, just about less than a mile behind them. And those right. at that point were the last three spots on the men's team. Uh, Bob in sixth, Nick in fifth, and uh, Greg in fourth. The other spots being held at that point by Jake, um, who was a, a few miles out in front. Steve Slabby, who had had a, a really good uh, performance earlier in this cycle. And Olivier, who had an automatic qualifier as the defending U.S. national champion. And I kind of thought that those, especially after we saw the weather report for Dawn to Dust to Dawn, I thought those yeah. marks were holding up for sure. And it did not happen. It, yeah. uh, Rich Rypel breaking 160 miles. Yeah, 161.8. I mean, that's big, especially 12 hours of cold rain. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you got to think that, like, if the conditions were better, what would he have done? You know, maybe a couple more miles on top of that? I mean, I, who knows? And I think big, that was the, the number one. Uh, qualifying mark for the cycle. Yeah, it was. Uh, ahead of Olivier. And Harvey Lewis. So And then, so that'll be Rich's third team. Harvey Lewis making, I think, his fifth team by running wow. 156 miles, yeah. knocking off uh, Bob and 
and Nick Corey, who again lost that battle to Greg by hundred right? meters, <laughs> two hundred meters, yeah, and winds up getting bumped off wow. uh, at the very end, and that that's that's just tough. So the the men's team, a really really strong team. Olivier, obviously, who has been top ten there before. Harvey, I think, has been top ten there before as well, and obviously is a, a former Badwater champion. Jake Jackson, I think, is a bit of the wild card. Put up 157 at, at Desert Solstice. I think he ran recently just a 135 as a training run recently, right. so that's very good. Greg Armstrong, a former team member as well, very experienced. Rich Rypel, we mentioned. And uh, Steve Slaby, I think, on his second team. So really right. solid team on the men's side. The women's team, I don't see this team losing. I don't see... It looks amazing. I mean, Camille, Courtney... Uh, Megan Alvarado. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's a legit team. I mean, it's, it's very, very good. I mean, you have, you have Pam Smith, who has run over 150 miles before yeah. and has been in the top 10 at Worlds. Courtney, obviously, Co- Courtney and Camille, Camille, the world record holder, those two, probably the top two female ultra runners in the world right have now. I mean, Absolutely, I don't know who yeah. else you would put up there, especially at 100 miles or more. Yep. Gina Slaby also has been on the team before. Megan, the national champ, making her first team. And uh, Caitlin Nagy from Florida, another, um, or from the, the Bahamas, I should say, uh, another experienced runner who, I think this is her second uh, team. I, I don't know how that team, I mean, short of injury or disaster, you know, everyone gets sick, you know, eating French food and drinking French wine. I mean, I, I don't see how that team loses. You only get better when you do that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So good luck to those guys. Um, that will take place, obviously, in France in October. The week before that will be Big's Backyard, which is yep. going to take a lot of these runners out of contention for Big's, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, somebody like Courtney, who obviously had the huge performance at Big's last year, Harvey, who had the huge performance at Big's two years ago, Johan, who was obviously the, the winner of Big's last year, is going to be on the Swedish team, I'm assuming. So none mm-hmm. of those guys yeah. will be on the start line. It looks like Bob Hearn will now be at Big's because he got bumped from yeah. this team, unfortunately. Opens it so, up for those guys, right? Yeah, so that's a nice... Like- but right, exactly. I think it opens things up a little bit. We've seen early this year the... And I think we talked about it briefly on the last episode, the Big's Golden Ticket Series, which is making available some entries into the kind of world championship of the last man standing, I guess, at this point, the Bigs mm-hmm. Backyard. Yeah. And so there are 10 overseas races and seven domestic races, giving a total of 12 spots. And uh, that's been progressing well. It's fun to follow. Yeah, uh, We've seen some good performances. Again, I think, I think, again, I mentioned this last time, I was expecting most of these to come in in the 28 to 32 hour range. And yeah. that still is where most of them are falling out. Uh, yeah. sw- the one in Sweden last weekend just went 33 hours. There was a really good one in Ohio, the second one in Ohio. Mm -hmm. They had um, Olivier showed up there and got into a nice two-man battle with uh, with Gabe Rainwater, who had come second at the first one in Ohio, also over 30 hours. And they went to about 33 or 34. Uh, Olivier wound up getting the win. Now, he obviously won't take the ticket because he's going to go to Worlds. Worlds, yeah. So that... You know, there, there are still a couple of U.S. tickets up for grabs. Gabe now second in two races, which is actually the first, um, did not finish, according to the way Laz likes to process <laughs> yeah. these things. So he does not yet have a ticket, although I right. think Laz has Probably said there are, some, there are some at-large spots, and, yeah. and it does sound with those two over 30-hour performances like Gabe will get in. But yeah. two more U.S. races, and I think two more international races to set that field. That'll be yeah. fun. I mean, the thing with those 24-hour races, you know, sorry, the, the sorry, the last man standing races is, I mean, 
at bigs, they're going, what, like 60 hours, aren't they? 58. I mean, it's getting insane there. Uh, so Harvey and Guillaume went like 56. Yeah. And last year, yeah, Johan went 68. Courtney was 67. Uh, Absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah. And there so were a we're couple others. People were doing 33, 34. I mean, yeah, but you have to remember when you when you talk about the guys who are going fifty to sixty hours, these are the best people in the world. I mean, Johan yeah, has been on at, to multiple world championships. Courtney, obviously, we know about. I mean, the other people, uh, Greg Salveson went over sixty hours last year. I mean, he's won the Infinity, yeah. that eight hundred kilometer race. Uh, you know, Harvey, obviously, Guillaume. I mean, these are not yeah. people who are showing up to just your local quote unquote backyard ultra. So, True. and the other thing is, so right, you saw Olivier show up. Olivier is a guy who could. Certainly go oh, 48 easy. hours. He's the yeah. U.S. record holder of 48 hours. I, I would think he could last at least 50 hours or more. Yeah. But you need two people at least. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. you know, it, it's... It, you don't want to keep going just for the hell right, of it, right? Exactly. So, uh, you know, you, when, when you're thinking about kind of fractionating it up across the country and then saying, all right, not only yeah. do you need somebody who's really, really good to show up, you need somebody who's going to also push them for 40 or 50 hours. It's just the, the likelihood of that just yeah. isn't going to happen. It's so. unlikely, right? Yeah. What else has been going on? Uh, we've got Cruel Jewel 100, right? It was yeah. a little while back, yep. a, few, uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, we've got uh, Alison Kirk taking the win there for the women, 28.47. Uh, and Paul Terranova for the men, just over 25 hours. Looks like it was hot there, 30,000 feet again. Looks like an absolute beast of a course. It's a terrible, terrible course. Yeah, you got to be absolutely crazy to do that one. But uh, yeah, sounds fun. Good to see Paul back from injury. Yeah. He had a stress fracture really last year. Yeah, he's back. Nice win there. It's uh, not an easy day out. No, not by any stretch. Anything else going on? One, one last thing. Quest for the crest, fifty k. Yeah, um, eleven thousand feet again on that uh, on that run. No thanks. Seems pretty pretty burly. Apparently, you've got to take your own water filter with you, so uh, definitely a, an adventure as well. Uh, Avery Collins back in action, winning that. Uh, and on the women's side, Amanda Morris. That looks like a a very cool, tough race. But uh, yeah, Avery Collins back in action. This. Uh, Good to see. Yeah, we'll talk about him when we preview Western States, which is coming yep. up in just four weeks, I believe. Yeah. And so maybe we'll do not a full episode then, but maybe we'll do a, a Western States, just a basically Sounds a good. Western States preview. Get to drink beer, talk weeks. about running. Yeah, of, course, of course. Hard to beat, right? There was a really cool article I wanted to touch on quickly that came out that AJW had written on I Run Far after... Jim broke the 50-mile world record that we mentioned earlier, and, and uh, AJW put together his list of the four course records in North American 100-mile trail running that he thinks are basically unbreakable. So he had Jim O'Brien at the uh, Angeles Crest 100, uh, 1735 in, in 1989, which basically... I think since then has only had one runner come within an hour of that. So I, I could right. see that. I could see that one standing a long time. Elliot Western States, maybe. Well, we, we can come back to that in a second. And at Leadville, uh, 1806, uh, the year that she finished second overall. I, th- I think that's pretty safe, at least for the time being. For a while, I think. That, yeah. That's another one, again, where it's, it's basically maybe one person within an hour of that and barely. The other two, the, the two that I want to talk about, Elliot Western States, Matt Carpenter at Leadville. Leadville, well, Jim will beat that this year. Oh, no, actually, he won't. He didn't get in, right? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, I don't know. I mean, if Jim gets into Leadville, that record's going to go down. I mean, that's kind of what I think, right? Oh, 100%. Look, Carpenter, yeah. one of the all-time greats, with, without, yeah, amazing, without a doubt. And Jim's, he's the guy at the moment. 
and you know, 1542, as AJW says, you know, only Rob last year has been under 16 hours. Yeah. And honestly, I think there are less than 10 guys who have been under 17 hours. The problem, and, and the course now is, I think, a little bit, maybe a little bit longer and certainly a little bit harder because right. you don't have the road okay. section coming in and out of Winfield. So uh, I think it's, it's maybe lengthened slightly. It's probably a few minutes slower than, than it was when Carpenter ran that, the 1542. The problem is that Rob did run like 1550 last year, solo not being pushed and and if you're look if you're going to run under 16 hours i think you're probably gonna have to do most of it solo but mm. you know and and rob is fantastic uh, you know one of the all-time greats himself but rob also it was six days out from biking 100 miles yeah. on, on on that course i don't uh, you, right like you say when jim decides to get into that race or they decide to let jim into that race i, I don't know that that record that record he, lasts. He'll break that if if he if he decides that's what he wants to, which I'm sure he will decide that's what he wants to. He won't enter it just to win it because of course he can win it. Right, it's a long-standing record. It's a big race. He's going to go there to try and break that record. And that was clearly his plan that he put into the lottery. I'm sure. Right, of course it was. You know, right. especially seeing what Rob did last year. I, yeah. I don't know that that record holds. I mean, an unbelievable record, but it was a weird choice to me, seeing as how I mean how close Rob came last year. Uh, and that, that we haven't seen Jim yet take a crack at that. The Ellie one is interesting because, you know, 1647 is very, very fast. And yeah. she, she did have an ideal year. She's, again, the only woman under 17. I think there have only been four women under 18. The problem is Courtney was not that far off that record last year. I mean, she was only about 30 right. minutes off that record in a, in a year where it was like basically 100 degrees. Yeah. Like Courtney on a good year. Camille, if she figures out 100 miles on the trail... Uh, as great as Ellie is, and Ellie is again one of the greats, and has, I mean, she look, she won comrades and and everything else. She's got the speed for that course, and that's a that's a stout record. But Camille's won comrades too, and and has run you know fifty miles and a hundred k and a hundred miles faster than Ellie ever did. Yeah. If she figures that out uh, and gets the right year, I'm, I'm not. Go I, I wouldn't be shocked. Chance for that, right? I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if that went down. You know, especially as court. You know, we talk about Courtney because she's been around for a while and, you know, you're just like, well, how much more time does she have? She's only 32. Yeah. Courtney could do this for she's a really a long time. time. Yeah. And, you know, again, if she gets a good year, look out. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, like I said, sub-1730 last year in, it was hot. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. not easy. Maybe this is the year. So, I, yeah, it was a fun, it was a fun article. It was a fun little debate. I, I don't know that those right. two are necessarily going to be there forever. We'll have to see. Did cool. you see pictures from the Western States training weekend of all the snow that's yeah, still out there? Yeah, snow up there, right? Wow. It's I mean, going to uh, be an interesting year. My fun, my favorite was Casey in front of the snow because, you know, she's not the tallest to begin with. And, right. and the snow was, I'm going to say, four feet over her right. head. It was pretty fun. Wow. So it'd be like five feet over yours? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, no, it'll be interesting there. I mean, I'm sure it's getting hot now and, and that it's going to melt fast, but... They've only got four weeks, so yeah. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be snowy up there. Yeah, it's gonna be gonna be cool. So we will definitely preview that as it gets closer. We'll take a closer look at the field and really dig into that in a couple of weeks. Anything else before we sign off? That's it, really. Uh, I think uh, I think I'm I'm out. All right. Well, thanks for joining me again. Thank you to everyone for listening out there. Like I said, we will be back in a few weeks with a 
full in-depth Western States preview. And I've got a couple more episodes coming up in between now and then that have already been recorded and I just have to push out to you. So keep listening. And until then, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Still young, and I was still.